Well, hello there. This is Dorinda Trick, and you've joined me for this week's episode of Nurtured to Love. While you'll never know your true identity until you get to know your own spirit. Hey, everybody, it's Sunday afternoon, the 16th of October, trying to get on a weekly rhythm with you, and I hope that you uh, are joining me now and going to just uh, really soak in and and receive at a deep level what the Lord, I believe, is um, revealing to me today and in some recent days. Let's go before Him and commit this time to Him. Father, I just thank You for Your thorough nature. I thank You that great Deliverer You are And that when your word says deep calls unto deep, for me, that is your incredible depth calling to the depth that you've put in me. And I know that is my spirit. And so I thank you, Lord, for those who are uh, going to join in and listen uh, to what you have been speaking and sharing with me in recent days. I thank you, Lord, that um, you will use even our dreams to open up uh, insight and understanding for us in ways that we could get no other way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So today's episode is entitled, Identity is Plowed by God. You could give it a subtitle, Identity is Plowed by Love. (laughs) So... Yeah, we know God is love, although I think sometimes we forget that, right? And so many of us uh, did not learn about love really in our growing up years. We did not learn how to love. um, And so it puts us in a predicament, particularly when uh, pressure mounts and stress rises in our lives. We can kind of fake it. Um, to make it a lot of the time in our lives, and everybody, you know, thinks no different. But when we get to some really uh, big battles, big obstacles, big mountains in life, um, that inability to uh, really understand what love is and how to walk in love and to um, bring love to bear on our decision making uh, can really, you know, be pretty obvious to us. So I know you don't know what I'm referring to there, and I'm going to say more about that after I share this dream with you. I don't know when I had this dream, and this would be the third and last of what I would call life a lifetime dream. Um, just these dreams that seem to have such a powerful symbolic um, message and to be sort of beyond time. Um, you know, I shared one about Vanity Fair with you, and let me think, what was the other one? And I shared the one about myself, uh, the perspective the Lord gave me of our relationship uh, in the context of my uh, family of origin and just sort of the values that I had grown up with and how they really were not uh, life-giving to me. 
and how he met me uh, even after I had sinned uh, greatly and gotten very lost and been felt even tattooed by sin. But the Lord reached out to me and pulled me out. And I, I hope he's done that for you or you're considering a relationship with him right now. That's a big part of what I want to do is encourage you in a, in a love relationship with Jesus Christ because he is truly the lover of our souls. So I'm just going to read uh, what I've got here for this dream. Again, the dream is entitled, Identity is Plowed by God. Here's the dream. You may want to listen to me speak this. You may want to listen with your spirit. I heard Jesus was coming to town and had already arrived. I was very uneasy about seeing Jesus, or better said, about him seeing me. The first time I saw him, it was a brief encounter in public. Jesus was so happy to see me, excited even, but I kept things on the surface, kept my distance, and got on my way. I knew he'd be loving like this, so I braced myself. I was not ready to let love in. Before we parted, he asked me to dinner. I nodded yes, I'd come, but immediately determined to avoid it at all costs. I hoped I wouldn't see him again, could just forget the whole thing, and time would erase it away somehow. I just didn't want to get too close. What if he asked me about one of those issues about which I've refused to repent? What could I do when he looked into my eyes? How could I get through his search of my soul? Then overnight, winter arrived. The weather grew cold. Icy rain poured from the sky. I was walking along a road when I saw something very unusual, a man plowing. The sky was dark and the rain was falling hard, which made it hard to see the person, difficult to see the person. It looked like he was pulling a wooden plow across muddy clods of earth. Or was he? What was he holding on his shoulders? What was he dragging across the rain-soaked earth? Squinting to see clearly, I finally saw who the farmer was. It was Jesus. And he wasn't using a plow to till the earth, but a human being. By the ankles, he held him. And the man's face raked the surface of the ground. I stood awestruck, astonished by the scene. Holy Spirit's voice spoke to my spirit. A spiritual truth was on display right in front of me. Jesus uses us, his children, to plow the lives of men. He orders our steps. He holds our feet. He determines where our face shall go. He'll use our identity to reveal and redeem for his name's sake. Now, this is a hard truth. 
but true nonetheless. Can we give up our lives to be his plow of men's souls? What do we have to lose? What do we have to prove? And that was the end of the dream. You know, being aware of God's love is a great motivator for change. His love is not given in exchange for our efforts. His love frees us to really live. Have you accepted that love? That may seem like a bit of an odd question following that dream. But we know that the Lord loves us in a way that is very, um, very, very powerful. And that as His love streams toward us, and by His grace He pulls us toward us, toward Him rather, He is bringing us into a conformity with Him, with Himself. And so that has to mean that we will endure hardship. We will endure difficulty because in the suffering, we come into a likeness like Him. We come into His likeness. To be who you truly are and who God made you to be is what God wants to help you to do. But again, this is a process, and it is like a plowing. And when I had this dream, I was teaching a class. I remember having the dream and just being really rocked by it. And I didn't wait too long before I shared it with the class, but I I, I, really, I really wasn't very uh, clear that it landed with them. <laughs> because I think... Um, it was something that uh, really uh, deserved a little more time and meditation on my end and was something that we should have dove into uh, without it just being something that I inserted in a class time when there was other content I was presenting because it really does take us back and to just the fundamentals of our walk with God. In my life, um, my spirit has two very strong bents. I am a mercy and a prophet. And um, as I was saying at the beginning today, um, when we are facing difficult circumstances in our lives, our ability to remain in faith, in love, in that trust, that trusting rest of God, uh, really gets put to the test, does it not? The mercy is a person who is made to minister to wounded people. In fact, they walk with the highest level of spiritual authority to do that, to minister to wounded people. But the true uh, moral authority and, and, and spiritual authority that, that needs to develop in this person that's a mercy comes from uh, what they've gone through themselves in their lives, of course, and how they have proven God faithful, how they have learned spiritual disciplines that enable them to remain strong in faith, to remain grounded in God, 
and for the mercy who is made to slip so very easily into the presence of God. In fact, really, there's no in and out of the presence of God for people who are made that way. They are made to live 24-7 in the presence of God, and uh, their ability to, to move into worship um, of the Lord is just, it's seamless because of the way that we are made. We are made to be, not do. And this is such an important part of getting through any difficult season in your life. Because as I was sharing with my sister-in-law on the phone earlier today, we agreed that we are really not in control of anything in our lives, although we tend to think that we are. And of course, there are things we must take responsibility for day in and day out. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you meet your mountain. You know what I'm talking about the mountain in your life that has put you to the test, put your faith to the test. If you learned how to love in your family growing up, then it's easy to receive the Lord in the times of difficulty. And there is no fear. And there is no... um, isolation because you are open you open your heart to him he's safe and you know you can open your heart to him I've been doing some of that today just before I came on to share this with you because I knew there was a a hitch in my giddy up and I needed to come before him and I need to lay it out Uh, as always I encourage you to journal because journaling is a way that you can dialogue with with Holy Spirit your spirit and his in him and your soul in him just opening up and just sharing what you're thinking God knows it anyway you know and then you're trusting him you're demonstrating faith which pleases him greatly and he rewards those who have faith the redemptive gift of profit is the other big part of how I'm designed and they are the problem solvers and the people who are so very uh, zealous for God's reputation zealous for righteousness hmm well I wonder how that works when you're facing something that's painful sinful or just plain wrong you know the first thing that the Lord said on the cross which parallels the redemptive gift of prophet is father forgive them for they don't know what they're doing and that happens doesn't it it happens in our lives there are people uh, you know that we see that are having issues having troubles We want to help them. Perhaps we've tried. They don't really seem to be receiving it. And we can really get in a bad place because they're not recognizing God's design. They're not recognizing things that we're recognizing. And that's when we need to cry out for understanding so that we can receive the insight that God wants to give us and continue to be loving and kind and a life giver to those lives that he wants us to plow. The um, demonic stronghold that can come into play with a person who is a prophet is uh, this idea of fractured relationships and really a bitterness that prophets who haven't gotten much healing, just they just normalize it. Bitterness is just a way of life. And they become quite embittered about people and about life. Um, Again, because they have not really surrendered to the Lord. 
problems are always going to be uh, in front of us in our lives, and it's really not the problem solving that God is interested in doing with us, although we can partner with Him to do that, and He will allow it, even invite us at times. But you and I both know what God's after. He's after the heart surgery. He wants to do in us. The demonic stronghold that applies to the redemptive gift of mercy, I'm just going to talk about my two gifts today, is uh, self-gratification. And you may be like, now wait a minute, what is that exactly? Well, the mercy is a feeler, a very big feeler, very sensitive, very, very deep usually. And... um, but, not and, they are made, or and, made by God to, again, you know, occupy a platform of healing and ministry to wounded people. Some of those people, you know, are very close to us, right? We live with them. They're in our families. And we, you know, um, are sensitive. And so we may not feel like we're getting the welcome sign from them when it comes to our gifts. You know, we bring... our best to the table, and it just doesn't seem like anybody's really interested. We'd like to be transparent and open um, and loving and very uh, deep, right, with people, but that's not what a lot of people want or are very comfortable with. We have to be careful because when we feel that we are not being received, we can just sort of tip back over into self-gratification and end up living a life just of pleasure and carnal lusts and, um, you know, idle pleasures and that sort of thing, which really amounts to nothing more than futility. And futility is definitely the opposite of what God wants us to, to uh, experience in this life down here on planet Earth. He wants us to experience ful- fulfillment. That applies to every gift. We really do have to take time to be in God's presence, to pray and to hear from Him about what we are supposed to do and say among those we love, among those we know and love, right? As a prophet, you are made to see things that people can't see. And the best solution or the best avenue, rather, for fulfillment for you, prophet, is to take what you see and submit it to the Lord and ask Him, what do you want me to do with this, Father? Do you want me to pray? Do you want me to speak? Do you want me to do both? What's the sequence? Prophets are quick to talk. Remember Peter. He would speak unsolicited. He would give you his opinion, right? One thing that I heard today from the Lord when I was facing something that was stressful was this, and that was, he said, uh, when you do feel stressed, pressured, um, aggravated, frustrated, uh, your profit gets triggered. And that's when you're sharp and edgy, not very nice to be around, not very pleasant. Okay, I, I had to, you know, admit that was right. And so then the Lord said, of course, when you feel safe and calm, relaxed, and, you know, again, secure, that's when the mercy can lead. Because you don't like pressure. You don't want the pressure that the prophet wants to bring. You don't want that at all. 
So as you ponder this dream that I've just shared with you, I pray a blessing or I'd speak a blessing over your spirit today of reconciliation of your spiritual identity with God's will for your life because as I feel like the Lord gave me uh, really to title the dream was identity is plowed by God identity is plowed by love so let love plow your identity Some of you who are listening to this today may really not really have had much uh, time in uh, the material that I've uh, written related to your spiritual identity, your redemptive gift, Uh, all that information. It's just so, uh, so encouraging, so life-changing can be found in the book entitled Opening the Gift. So check it out. It's available on Amazon. For those of you who've been in this material for a while and you have a better understanding, more familiarity with your spiritual identity or redemptive gift, and you know, again, as I mentioned, mine uh, seems to be primarily mercy and profit, you may be able to relate that you've got two sort of main bents that you identify with. Go back and think about the lives in your life that God may be asking you to plow with love through your spiritual identity, through your redemptive gift from Him. Every one of us is made to be a life giver. We all have different bents, and we all have different spiritual authority based on the anointing God placed in our spirits before we were even born. But just as Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it all comes together in love. It doesn't come together any other way. So I bless your spirit today again with reconciling your gifts to love and to be exposed and transparent, not only before others, but of course, first and foremost, before your Lord, Jesus Christ. For he is the lover of your soul and the safest, the safest counselor you'll ever know. I bless your spirit now in Jesus' mighty name. See you next time.